Uh, this is episode 49. Yeah. This is our last for this run. Last 49. Oh. Why, why 49? How what? does that break up? 42, because we didn't have the right number on some of them. Yeah. It's okay. okay. It's no big deal. No, no. It's just it's also, confusing to me. 42, 43, 44. You're getting old, dude. Most things are confusing 46, to you. I don't understand how it breaks up with 49. 49. Like, it only break up if it's two, seven. Three, four, like, before we came out to record five, today, I texted Eric six, a few days ago and I was like, are we eight, off this week? One. 42, 1, 43, 2, 44, 3, 45, 4, 46, 47, 48, 49. It's eight episodes. I don't get it. This All right. Is, <laughs> okay. It should be 48. Regardless, uh, are we recording next week? I'm out of town next Monday. No, 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 no. Okay. But you and I need to do... Supplementals. Uh, yeah, we need a couple That's supplementals. Fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm out of town Friday to Monday, though, just so you know. Uh, anyway, what I was saying uh, is that J.R. Ewing is a real son of a Here bitch. And go. you get, you get why people wanted to shoot him. So I didn't know that Larry Hagman was Major Nelson in I Dream of Genie. Yeah. I, I, I just never made Here, that connection. The only reason I remember Major Nelson's name is because of Xbox's Major Nelson. Do you think he regrets naming himself Major Nelson? Has to. After all this time? It's like, people probably think his name is actually, like, Nelson. So we're a Dallas podcast? I thought we were an Austin podcast. <laughs> Welcome to D-Town. <laughs> this sucks. Uh, <laughs> da- Dallas is only like a two and a half hour drive. anybody <laughs> that plays Xbox has any memory? There you go. Yeah? Wow. Anybody has any memory of wow. I Dream of Genie? I do. Like that, I you play and Xbox. I do, but that reference I has got to be so lost on so many of the... I agree. Even when he was like, Xbox Live is Major Nelson, and he was doing like the updates on the, on, on the app and all that yeah. stuff. Yep. I feel like most people had no fucking clue who Major Nelson was. So anyway, on the last episode, well, we were at Pool Burger at Ehlers Park. Um, it was the attack of the wasps and caterpillar, the caterpillars. Caterpillar Park. Yep. Um, I'm a little worried about this tree we're under. Yep. We talked about the truck with no gas. We talked about a wasp-eating uh, yeah. caterpillar. We talked about building demolition, getting chased off by the post office, web store creation, technology jumps, many different things. But that was on the last episode. Now we're back being a coffee podcast. I saw a lot of people commenting. They've told that truck story before. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Not, maybe not. On, I don't think we've ever told it on Anma. But we're going to retell stories. That's kind of the point of this thing. Have you ever talked to your grandpa? <laughs> Do you ever notice how he tells you the same thing over and over Welcome again? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to uh, Old Man Podcast. Uh, where are we? We're at Flitch Coffee? Yeah, Flitch That's Coffee. Right. Uh, never been down here. This is a cool spot. It's, it is. It's. We're recording in the morning again. It's not the afternoon. It's not like the pool burger hell we were in. Yeah. Uh, it's still kind of warm, but we're in like a nice little shady uh, spot, like tucked away in a corner behind the coffee. It's like a little coffee trailer. Yeah, next to it is a little uh, food trailer called P- uh, Pueblo Viejo, I yeah. think. I, I want to say... You guys are the easiest people that I record with because I feel like if there were people that were persnickety, um, they would be like, well, how come these spots weren't figured out before we got here? Because we got here and I went like, ah, these might we might be a little too close to a bunch of people. Uh, yeah. And then we found a thing tucked away in a back corner Hell and yeah. you guys were like, fucking great. Yeah, and it's like, it. I love doing yeah, this we podcast at, for that. We were looking at like maps. Like, yep. Is there a place nearby across the street we can go to? Yeah, so, eh, we'll, we'll record around the here. The people being persnickety uh, with something like that are, 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 would misunderstand the point of this podcast. I agree. Yeah. I think this is a great spot too because we're right by the road so it goes a nice audio texture. You can hear the cicadas uh, doing cicada stuff. Cicada business up in the trees <laughs> above us. Uh, trading on the cicada market. Um, I know Austin's changed a lot, but I feel like it kind of fits with the spirit of the Austin that you and I moved to, Gus, which is like, you can have a good time pretty much anywhere in Austin if you want to. Yeah. You just find, f- find friendly people and a place to sit down. I was, um, over the weekend, I ran into um, uh, someone I know, um, 
this this guy named Chris, uh, and uh, we were we were chatting. Do I know him? No. Okay. And uh, he was, you know we were talking about how long we've been in Austin, and uh, he I think he said he'd been here for thirty years now. Um, you know he kind of came for college and just mm. never left. And uh, he he said something. And the reason I bring this up is because he said something that was very adjacent to something you and I have said in the past. He said, you know, he's lived here for 30 years and, you know, inevitably anyone who's lived in Austin for a long time, you know, when you, when you both, when you realize both of you have lived in here for a long time, you, the inevitable evolution of the conversation is, oh, so you've seen a lot of things change. Like what, <laughs> you know, what's, what's changed while you've been here, right? Yeah. And uh, he made a comment that was something along the lines of, if you put a blindfold on me now and drove me around to a random part of Austin and dropped me off and took the blindfold off, I would have no idea where I am. <laughs> it's like, I have, like, the city is just entirely unrecognizable. And when you and I were younger, we used to say the same thing, but if you took the blindfold off, we would know exactly where we are and exactly how to get home and Absolutely. where we were. You're right. We did used to say that. There and was, it was true. Yeah, there was a long period of time where I felt like we knew every nook and yeah. cranny of the city, and now it's like, like driving down the street to come here, everything's so change so there's so much change happening it's like this seems unrecognizable speaking of change i did the thing uh i'm sure you do it from time to time too where you have like a sentimental moment i was over uh southeast one day for something and so i drove down burleson i went by the old call center and did that whole little that little run and then i had a couple of hours to kill so i thought i'm gonna just explore over here and see how it's changed down there yeah, there are neighborhoods that I never knew existed, dude. There are places over there very close to the Burleson office that just, like, whole scenes that we just never inter- interacted with. Or at least I didn't. I never realized anything down there changed. I thought they, There were know, some nice houses over there like, in, in some of those areas. 20 years ago, maybe not 20, like 15 years ago, no, somewhere around there, they rerouted Burleson, right? Uh, yeah. Like, they changed the way that that street intersected with Ben White, probably when they were building the freeway there. Uh, and I thought that was the last thing that ever changed over there. <laughs> Everything over there seems like it is unchanged you could forever. Just do some, you could just, like, take a ride off of Burleson into some, like, little complex, and then there's, like, a little industrial complex, and there'll be a road off that. And there's you go, like a, and the next thing you know, you're in a neighborhood that you never knew existed. There's, that like, you can a calendar only, printing place down there. Like calendar, calendar Club? Club used to be back there. I think they're still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the we, last... we had a friend that worked there. Oh, did we? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Calendar printing place? Yeah. yeah. Like, they, like that was what they did? They just did calendars? Oh, yeah. Big, big Dude, money back in the I, old days. In my old job, uh, one of the facilities that I would go to all the time was a calendar printing facility. It was just like a giant warehouse with a bunch of calendar printers. And, like, it would run nonstop for six months out of the year. <laughs> we used to make calendars because, like, Rooster Teeth calendars because... Our printing company, Amplifier, the guys that we used to uh, work with back then, they they had the, you know, they were the guys that created Demotivators. Yeah. I don't know if you remember yeah, that yeah. whole bit. Mm-hmm. And their whole business ran on calendars, Demotivator calendars. Wow. And they were like, ca- calendars are where the money calendars is. Calendars used to be. Used to be. Big money. Big huh. money. Uh, I, when I worked at that place, uh, our calendar printer was like somewhere up in uh, Minnesota. Mm. And it would get hot in the summer. So, you know, they would open up the bay doors. And one day, a fucking bird flew in the open bay door and flew right into the calendar binder. Like, oh it's God. this long... Well, actually, it was the whole printer. It was the whole thing. It was like one giant all-in-one machine that would do all the printing, bind it, you know, add the little spiral mm-hmm. metal to the top, and then, like, spit out a finished calendar at the end. A fucking sparrow flew in and flew right into that thing. Oh. And it was like, okay, you got to shut down the binder for a few days because now we got to clean bird parts out. Not me. Someone now, else had to clean bird parts out of the entire thing. Now, one of three things happened there, right? The bird just got confused and flew in. 
the bird had bad news and committed suicide, and that was the fastest way out. Or the bird was like some sort of an anti-technology activist <laughs> and was trying was some luddite bird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some luddite bird. It was like a you know, essentially like a suicide birder. <laughs> what do you think the three? What, what do you think? I, it was probably confused. Probably, probably confused. A, probably okay. a bird brain dump fucking bird. Oh, bird brain. That's I get it, it now. From, yeah. hey. Now I understand. Um, <laughs> nobody says bear brain. Bears don't run in and just dive into the... That would be if you were in a Allen printing shop and a bear dove through a window into the press. I would tell that story every day. Oh, we should start that saying bear brain. Oh, bear like, brain. Does it mean smart? smart yeah, smart. Oh, okay. Big brain energy. Oh, it's a, yeah. bear brain. Oh, bear man, brain. it's a real bear brained move. Yeah. That's pretty You're cool. You're playing 4D chess like a bear. <laughs> like, look at the bear brain on Gus. Wow, good job, man. You nailed that. You figured it out. Oh, man. <laughs> that did that did grizzin. Oh, <laughs> uh, did Baby Gronk get rizzed up by Grizzy? This is this is how drug slang starts. <laughs> you go you go from bird brain to bear brain to grizzed, and then all of a sudden you're you're like. That is how you're saying, like, oh, yeah, man, like, you pack a bowl, oh, you pack, oh, we pack mules, oh, we mulein, yeah. like, it's that, and that's, God. that's it. That's what is, I heard a new drug sling the other day okay. from my kid. Yeah? They call weed, what do they call weed in high school now? Loud? No, it's called, I'm a texter. Okay, cool. This is the, uh, the Gen Z portion of the podcast. I mean, what's going to happen is she's going to reply, why? <laughs> I'm trying to buy some. Um... Yeah, all that all that slang stuff is so. What can I say here? Uh, if from the if you're on the outside looking in, I think it's intentionally, like, uh, made difficult to try to jump in to like. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I just realized it's ten thirty in the summer. There's no way she's awake. But if she gets up between now and we're done, I'll let you know. Oh no, she she responded Zaza. Oh yeah. That's what they call. That's called. That's what is, they call weed now. Zaza yeah. Za yeah, or Zaza. Yeah, yeah. You get zooted on that Zaza, bro. We were talking Do about you? how stupid. I don't like. We were talking about how I hate when people say Zaza for pizza. Yeah. It drives me nuts. And she's like, no, pizza. That's what they call weed. Zaza. Yeah. Everybody in school calls weed Zaza. Yeah. There you go. Ask her no, they call it Zaza. Ask her. Zaza or Zaza. See if yeah. she's getting zooted. <laughs> she's not getting zooted. She better not be. Millie, if you're listening to this, do not zoot. <laughs> It'll be a zoot suit riot. <laughs> we did that already in 98. Get, get I'm so glad that died fast. Yeah, it was probably earlier than 98. It was probably 96. That was, 90, that, that was like 97. Yeah, That's awesome. a little piece of Austin uh, history. You remember, Mo you know Mohawk, where Mohawk yeah. is? Before it was Mohawk, Eric, it uh -huh. was another bar. The Caucus Club? The Caucus Club, and it was a swing bar for a while. Oh, and they yeah, they would it was. go and they would have swing dancing and shit, and you would go there and everybody would look like an asshole. And uh, they would play like Cherry Pop and Daddies God. or one of those bands. And uh, and they would uh, zoot suit riot all night long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That lasted for like 18 months, and then that, that fad just died as quickly as it was born. Yeah. Now, when you say swing bar, it means something else. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to Steiner Ranch for that. Jeff did spit take. that got him, boy. Hell yeah. Um, all, That's all that, very funny. All that was because of swingers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Swingers became like became this like little cultural zeitgeist moment, and uh, and then yeah, for whatever reason. Does anyone remember swingers? Thing? Like we talk about, like yeah. not knowing. I remember every image. second of that movie. Uh, but like younger people. No, I don't. No, think, no, no. Like it was a movie that I felt like was super influential culturally for like a second 
and then had no lasting impact. It's also, it would be, I don't think there would be any, well, I mean, I guess the lasting impact would be Vince Vaughn and John Favreau's careers. Right, right. right? But I mean, like, the movie. Uh, and not, Doug, Doug Liman, did he direct yeah, that? Yeah, Doug Liman. Uh, we ate at that diner, didn't we? Yes. I think we did. I, yeah. think, I think you're right. We yeah. did. He's all grown up. Yeah, one of, the, fir- all grown up. One of yeah. the first times we went to L.A. I think maybe the first time. Uh, I I think the thing that that would be interesting it would be to show that to somebody like a, a Gen Z or like like Millie, for instance, and see if they can relate to any of the problems. Like, like most of it is like getting over a breakup and then trying to figure out how to date again. And none of that information is relevant. He's yeah. trying to figure out how many days to wait to call her yeah. and all that. And now with social media and dating apps, it's like that's just are problems that just don't exist for this generation, or they exist in a totally different context. Yeah, they still exist. They'll always exist, but in a totally different way. I, th- I bet it's all faster. I yeah. bet like when you think about, oh, don't call her for like three days or whatever. I bet it's like, well, give it a day. It, I bet it's just. I bet everything's just a little bit quicker. I it's bet on that's internet it. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, baby, internet time. You feel like that's the thing for everything, then? Like, internet time? Like, like, what, that everything's gotten faster? Yeah, everything's just fast, fast. Um, it seems like it, right? Like, everything's uh, a lot more instant gratification. Um, and I think you just, you just have more visibility going into stuff. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, I don't want to come across as old man yells at sky, or old man yells at cloud for this kind of thing. But it's 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 definitely true, because, like, every everything is on demand and instant. Like, whether it's entertainment, you order stuff online, you get it, you know, same day a lot of times next day like i am definitely impatient if i order something it's like it's not going to be here in tomorrow Ugh. like what what is this hell <laughs> um so i think everything in general is just a lot more fast paced and i think there are negative aspects to that i think people i think it manifests itself when people drive around here i think you see like people wanting to drive like assholes just trying to get in front of one car just trying to get a little further ahead just mm-hmm. trying like not really just taking your time what's the fucking rush yeah. like there's nothing wor- I, it happens I feel like it happens all the fucking time where someone's riding my ass <laughs> they whip around get in front of me and then we both stop at the same light you know 200 feet Dude, down the road it is it is totally your old man showing is I'm it? the same way I'm the same way it's a, a, the world isn't speeding up even we're just slowing down is are we yeah no we are I, we are I was driving down the. I was driving down the. Uh, I was going to IKEA the other day with Emily, and I was just driving happy as could be. And Emily looked at me and she's like, "You're going like 58 miles an hour on the interstate." And I was like, "Oh my god, I am." That's I was just like old and slow. I didn't even realize. There, there's an old Calvin and Hobbes comic. Well, they're all old, I guess. There's a Calvin and Hobbes comic that I always remember. It always stuck with me. Uh, I think the entire comic is just Calvin and Hobbes on a sled going down like a snowy hill. Yeah. And it's like dangerous. Like Hobbes is falling off the back and everything. And um, Calvin says something like, I'll never understand why old people move so slow. You'd think that with the, they know they have a limited amount of time left in front of them that they would want to go as fast as possible to get as much done. Mm-hmm. And I always fucking remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because the opposite is 100% true. Get out of the way, old man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I am slowing down. God, that's depressing. I was thinking. It's I was thinking wrong with on it. the drive in before we met up to do this podcast this morning. I was um, I was thinking about how when we were younger, uh, like starting Rooster Teeth and before the start of Rooster Teeth, how angry I was and how motivated by like spite mm. and wanting to prove people wrong and like just general anti-establishment. Like my my mentality was. I can't speak for Bernie or Matt at all, but my 
contributions to Rooster Teeth exist because of spite and anger. Yeah. Like, really. I think it's what drove Gen X. Yeah, for sure. And it's what's driving them insane <laughs> now. I don't know. Like, to be un- un- unapologetic, unsympathetic assholes. I don't know. When did that happen? Like, Gen X was, you know, laid back, slacker, cool. And now they're just fucking dicks. Like, maybe worse than boomers. I'm so embarrassed. I think I think what happens is slackers at some point, especially slackers that prize like being cool over being right or successful. Uh, I think at some point it turns into just kind of like nihilism. They just stop caring or believing. Yeah, I felt like that was always there though. I think I think it ratchets up. Does it? I don't know. I feel like there's no empathy. I don't from, disagree with you at from all. From Gen X, yeah. It's all, all the all the fucking. I, think just, I, tell, I tell you why Gen X does that has no empathy. They're fucking burned out. They got they're taking care of the baby boomers and the other the 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 next two generations at the same time. It's they're the they're the fucking unwelcome, unappreciated glue that's holding shit together and bridging the gap between Man, those two. I don't know. That's a, that's a kind of, that's a, that is you're right. That is the kind of nihilism Gen X mentality that it, it, and, yeah. I don't like. <laughs> I think it's true though. Is I it? mean, to a, at least from my perspective, I'm. What are you? You're a millennial, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Going to say something that I had told my wife that, like, we had these conversations, and I'm like, I don't think I can ever say this on mic. Oh, let's Here do Here we it. go. The similarities between boomers and Gen Z are too big to ignore. Gen Z or? Gen Z. Okay. And it is crazy to me. And it's not the entitlement thing. There is a boomers were like the me generation, right? Yes. Like yeah. that's that's what they were called. The way that I don't think it's an entitlement thing that I keep running into. Because I'm not running into this personally with like Gen Z stuff. It's stuff you see online or whatever. Sure. But the same kind of like wife bad. Oh, I hate my wife. Like that kind of joke or whatever. Yeah. Gen yeah. Z makes that same kind of shit. Mm. Like it's all, it's like the same jokes, but from the other side. And it's very much a same mentality, but from another side. And I'll get hung for this. And that's fine. I mean, that that's okay. But I do think that as time goes and as boomers sort of go away, I think Gen Z is going to be under the microscope. And that's going to be the thing that gets them that that's going to be the thing that people start attacking them for you're going to get hung for not making enough plastic cups way before they hang you for this <laughs> <laughs> you jerk it it just to me it looks very similar and i'm i'm i apologize for not having 80 examples ready for you at the moment but like i i think it's something if you keep sort of in the back of your head and you see it there's a lot of like Agroness yeah. that you see in boomers that I think you'll see in Gen Z in a very similar way, but on the other side of the coin, where I don't think they'll admit that they're the same, but I think that's why Gen Z goes after boomers, because it's the everything you don't like in yourself is you what see, you see yeah, in other yeah. people. Mm-hmm. It's the one finger pointing at you and four fingers pointing back, like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I, that's I'm that's what I see. That. That's what I see. Mm. But I, I don't... I, maybe Eric, maybe I'm wrong. Eric put on his bear brain hat. Maybe, yeah, morning. Eric's big. He's, he's a hard grizzly. I'm, gr- I'm grizzled I, I, uh, I need to sit with that for a while and think about yeah. it. And, and yeah, like I said, pay attention to it. I will say, in, in defense of Gen X, we are in, in many ways the forgotten about generation. Even yeah. when we have the discussions, 
what do they talk about? Boomers, millennials, Gen Z. Yeah. Gen X gets cut out of the conversation. Which I'm happy every time, about. That's which totally is fine, fine by me. Because that's who we are. It's our identity. Yeah. And the reason the Gen Z, Gen X are the way they are is because we were born from a self. And I'm not. And I'm not talking about my parents. And I'm not talking about your parents. I don't want to upset my mom. I don't want to upset <laughs> your mom or anybody that may be listening to this podcast. Present, com- present familial ties excluded. Uh, but if if you think about it, it, the me generation, it was a it was a self obsessed generation that was coddled by the great generation who wanted to take care of their kids who came home from war yeah. and they wanted to explode and they wanted good times and they, they, they didn't want to focus on the negative anymore and the horrors of what they'd been through and they wanted to ride the prosperity train and it created Choo-choo. this selfish me generation and then they had kids that they didn't give so much of a fuck about and that was us. Mm. That's why Latchkey began and yeah. ended with our generation. Right, it's because parents took off. They wanted to go off, and they wanted to have their businesses. There was also a lot more to that. You know, one fa- one person couldn't support a whole family right. anymore, so both there's parents a lot of economic There's a lot of the economics behind that as well. But what was what happened was there's a group of kids from the seventy, maybe from like nineteen sixty seven to like nineteen seventy nine or nineteen eighty that are just kind of left to their own to figure shit out, mm-hmm. and they became disillusioned and more obsessed with being cool than anything else because we were watching TV. Well, that, that's, that's what I was going to hit on. Is like, is it like a what's the media angle what's the media play on it because like media was not as accessible back then it's like you had a couple of channels on tv you could cycle through so that's what you were raised on right like no no one after and i'm this is going to sound like a weird brag it's trust me it's not yeah no one after us give a fuck or watch the original monsters or adam's family and like i remember like that being a kid it's like i'm gonna watch the monsters i'm gonna watch adam family i'm gonna watch uh andy griffith's show it's like all these old shows they weren't it wasn't media made for us but no it's, this is what, what we had available, available. Right. it's like i guess i'll watch gilligan's island because that's right. what's on and in addition to that like wtbs in the summer i don't know about you but i would build my summer around their week so they oh shit yeah. it's frankie and annette week and it was just a week of beach but blanket bingo did you and, just call it wtbs yeah, yeah. that's what it was that's back what in the it day. was yeah i mean that's that was the thing i wanted to point out people know tbs i mean i don't oh, know i that, guess so i don't yeah, they, yeah. I don't know that it was kids, WTBS. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that kids know what it is, but TBS yeah. is that, the superstation. WTBS yeah. is why I hate yep. the Atlanta Braves. Oh, dude, that, <laughs> inescapable. Yeah, and inescapable. And WGN is why I hate the, the Cubs. fucking Cubs. <laughs> no, I'm a White Sox fan. There you go. No, no American League team on a superstation, huh? Crazy. White Sox. They were on WGN. Were they? Yeah. I whenever it was a Cubs station. No, they were a Cubs station that also played White Sox when oh, there weren't Cubs games. That's so funny. How crazy. Yeah, uh, I think the media angle is really interesting in this, though. And uh, it, millennials always get hung out for being. We're BuzzFeed articles and Harry Potter houses and fucking mm-hmm. dork shit. Yeah, naming your dog Ron Swanson like it's the fucking most <laughs> pathetic shit in the world. But like the way that people consume media changes generationally, yeah. and and I think that it's I mean, it's something to be considered. Like. I don't know. I don't like being a millennial, but I don't think anybody likes really being their generation necessarily. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like being Gen X. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Oh. Just be, just for the forgotten angle. <laughs> Even here, like <laughs> I don't. We don't want to sit too close to anyone. We don't want to. Yeah, uh, no. Let's I, just I stay out of the like... way. We found the, the furthest corner to yep. hide in. Yep. I feel like it. It, it certainly fits with our personality. Like we are Gen X to the core. Yeah. Do you think anyone named their kid Dexter or Griff? I hope not. Because of Red versus Blue? Oh, I hope they did. Like you talked about naming the dog Ron yeah. Swanson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's a millennial move, naming it yeah. after a thing, naming your Daenerys Targaryen I, child or whatever. I will say, I, I did name my dog Benjamin Linus, but I, you did. We never, I never told anyone. Was, he was just always Benjamin. That's so funny. I did always get like, oh, we named our dog Griff. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. They're like, because he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. He didn't have to add the second part. <laughs> yeah, he's a real lazy piece of shit, so we named him after you. Nobody likes him in the family. This is a fucking dog that My sucks. mom says we got to keep him, though. We can't trade him for a better dog. <laughs> Trade him for a better dog. The, a, a, a couple days ago, um, one, one of, I have relatively new neighbors. They moved in not that long ago, and they've got a couple of dogs. And like the dogs have been getting adjusted to uh, to the neighborhood. Mm. You know, the whole world's changed for them. And uh, <laughs> a couple days ago, uh, I was like walking by the front of my house, and like the dogs saw me, and they barked a little bit. But they're start, they get to that point where they're starting to recognize me. Like, yeah. oh, that that guy's here all the time. It's okay. Uh, they were barking a little bit. And the owner of those dogs like opens up one of his, opens up like his door and like comes out and it's like looks at his dogs and just goes shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, I, and in my mind, I'm like, man, this, like it's your own dogs. Like yeah, why are you right. talking that way? And then my, the other neighbor on the other side comes out of their house and was like, don't talk to your dogs that way. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. I was like, <laughs> that's funny. Like, oh man, there's a there's a dog drama going on in the neighborhood. Um. I like those dogs on. I mean, they bark. It doesn't bother me. That's what dogs are supposed to do. Yeah. Good boys. So this area, yeah, right around 7th, um, this is actually right by Kind of Tropical and where my barber is. Mm-hmm. I had to come over here and get a haircut. Not too far from my lady's salon. There you go. Yeah. And so... Um, Used to get a lot of tattoos over here. I, that's what I was going to ask. Is there anything in this kind of spot where you guys are like, oh, I come over here. We were driving down. You were telling us about like an urban garden. And then there was like a covered bridge that we drove under. None of it looked like Austin. It was so cool. Yes. Uh, the old garden got run off by NIMBYs. Mm. They was bringing too much traffic to the neighborhood. So they ran them out of town. It was a real shame because it was cool. This is like the, to me, this is, well, this is the part of Austin. I spent most of my time, like in the th- in my thirties. Yeah. So it's like, Probably got the sweet, softest spot in the city for me, I the east that. side. Yeah. It's rotten. I don't live over here anymore. I lived over in this kind of area for a long time. I'd no longer do. I would like to again someday, maybe, but who knows? I like it over you, here. You can live under that bridge over there. I just, it's, it's such a big deal to move, to, to, to yeah. buy a new house and move. And I'm, you know, at some point you're just happy where you are. Yeah. But I do definitely miss, I miss the vibrancy and uh, just the energy over here. There's always stuff going on. You could like at two in the morning. There'd be shit going on right around us. You may not want to be a part of. You're saying you right, like right, that? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> nah, East Austin's awesome, man. It's uh, it's definitely very East Austin-y. There's a, there, I feel like there's a definitely you, you can definitely tell there's a divide where you see a lot more of this like overgrown plants yeah. <laughs> yeah. over here on the east side versus uh, on the west side. It's definitely a lot more manicured. This is what Austin felt like when I moved here. Oh, really? Just like. A lot of stuff in yard, like in yards, yeah. in in empty fields. Everything was overgrown. A mishmash of furniture that people pulled out of like, I don't know, estate sales and dumpsters, <laughs> and everybody just kind of like embracing it and loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I really love that vibe. I feel like I'm I've outgrown that, like the overgrown stuff in the yards. I don't need it anymore, but I still appreciate it. Mm. It's definitely not what I'm li- what my life is like now. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to watch stuff slowly. Di- decay in my backyard that I'm just going to yeah, have to pick I, up and throw away in I, a year. And the, the reason I say that, the reason I bring it up is to just be very clear. It's like, it's not like a things used to be better kind of thing. Uh, the city has changed. Like, I, I fully acknowledge that some of it's me. I've changed. My tastes have changed. Some of this stuff's still here. It's just 
It's not my thing anymore. Just moved a little east, but not even much, you know? It's out there by the calendar club now. <laughs> That's a weird area, man. You should drive over there sometime. There's all these neighborhoods you've never seen before. I drive by the, the old call center every now and then, but I don't, like, deviate and, like, look, I just go never looking had. for neighborhoods. I was just yeah. like, I had a time to kill, and I was like, what's down there? I've never, I don't know. I've ever, I was like, I, I worked down here for, like, five years. I don't know that I ever took a right there. Mm-hmm. So I took a right, and then I'm like, there's houses here? What if I take a And it's just like, I just kept going down this rabbit hole over there. Made me feel... Uh, like, I had a blind spot to a part of Austin that I had spent a lot of time around. Yeah, but it probably didn't exist back then. Probably didn't. I probably mean, didn't. even Ben White wasn't a freeway down there back then. It was just, like, a road with lights, and it fucking sucked for, like, ten years while they built that goddamn freeway. That's true. <laughs> that is fucking true, It was true, fucking man. awful. I remember driving through that, being stuck in traffic with you all the time, being like, man, this sucks now, but in ten years, this is going to be great. And it finally happened, and now it seems like that was so far in the past. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's it's weird. Like we suffer through that. that. That's when we were living down there and working down there. It's like we, we sat through that traffic all the time, and it's like, yeah, this sucks. In ten years, it's going to be great. And now it seems like that was a hundred years ago. I I can't remember what it was like before the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> this is the old guys complaining about traffic from the past podcast. Yeah, welcome to it, baby. Uh, traffic's fine now. It used to suck. <laughs> Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick moment to remind you, RTX 2023 is happening this July 7th to 9th. That's right around the corner. Join us this summer for a memorable weekend at our Camp for Indoor Kids featuring more than 15 live shows, special meet and greets, exclusive parties, fun panels, and much more. With guests ranging from your favorite RT groups like Funhouse and Achievement Hunter to friends like Therapy Gecko, Super Carlin Brothers, and new rock stars, RTX 2023 is an event you won't want to miss. Badges for this three-day fun fest are available for as low as $55. Uh, thanks for listening. Get excited about RTX. We're looking forward to meeting all of you there. Head over to rtxaustin.com to get more information about this event and buy your badge. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Race have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Race is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Race offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Race with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Uh, together with their customers, Shady Race is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventures of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. Uh, if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays Independence Day Sale is live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com. Get up to 50% off single pair of sunglasses. Uh, try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Yeah, it's just weird. We, like you said, we spent five years for a long time down there working and, uh, and living in that part of town. And, uh, you know, we did a couple episodes down there. The coffee is not great. It's the worst coffee we ever had down there on Old Oh, Torf. Yeah, yeah. That was rough. What do you think about this coffee? Are we going to talk about the coffee? You know what? I was going to wait a little bit, but we're about half an hour in. We can talk about oh. the coffee. I know, uh, really? Only half an hour. It's been a long half an hour. That's It's so weird. You guys so, are either like, it's never like, oh, yeah, it feels, it's always like, wow, it's over already. Or like, whoa, man, this one. This one really This, this one's dragging. <laughs> um, so we're at Flitch. Uh, this is a little coffee trailer. That's, yeah. It's like everything else in Austin. It's a trailer that's semi, semi-permanent to mm. wherever it is. Uh, no 
there's four parking spots inside the little parking lot. Uh, one of them is uh, one of accessible. Them is one of them is a handicap parking. Plenty of street parking. But Gus said that you can ticket a handicap yeah, spot. Yeah, you just download an app on your phone. You just take a couple a photos. It's the most Have Gus you ever thing? done that? I have the app. I've never done okay, it. Okay. Okay. No, no. I've never done it. I've never done it. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? When he does it once, that's uh-huh. it. Yep. it. The seal's broken. Yeah, absolutely. This no. motherfucker's going to drive oh, here's, around he, he was, specifically. Here's, here's the he's problem. Citizen's he's, arrest. He's going to put Esther and the dog in the car, yeah. and they're going to drive to every H-E-B. And you know why go, I won't do it? Look. Mm-hmm. You know why I won't? Someone's going to come out. Someone who owns the car is going to come out and see me doing it, ask what you're doing. I'm yep. going to say, I'll give you a ticket. I'm going to get punched in the fucking mouth. <laughs> Well, why would you say I'm giving you a ticket? <laughs> why would you answer this is the way that it's played out. This is the way it's played out in my head. <laughs> Just be like, I like your license plate. Yeah. This is a cool uh, car. I needed this one for the license plate game. Yeah. And they look at it and they go, Texas? <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, this area of Flitch is pretty vibrant in terms of like there's a ton of people. There's a lot of space to sit down. It's like a happening place. I keep looking off to my left and it's not because I'm not listening to you, Jeff. It's just that so many dogs keep coming in. No, I know. That's uh, why I'm with people like, and I'm like, oh, I want to see. You. Oh, my God. That's a shit that looks like Benjamin over there. We just talked Aww. about him. He's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so Flitch is uh, a little coffee spot. Again, I've never been here. I'm in this area a lot. There's a few bars and some kind of hopping things right around here or whatever. I love kind of tropical. What bars do you go fries. to around here? Kind of um, tropical is great. If you go a little bit further, like a little up or whatever, you have like Luster Pearl East. Mm-hmm. Oh, have, we did, we did an episode there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll practice coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go back and you want to listen to that. Uh, there's just a few. Griselda's is over there, right? Griselda's is good. Um, there's just a few spots around there. And then I end up at kind of tropical and you eat the curly fries and you get the Paloma on draft. Nice. Fucking great. Um, just a cool spot. Go to Wyatt's Barber Shops where I get my haircut. Shouts out to Jeffrey, uh, my barber. Uh, Jeff's your barber? No, different Jeffrey guy. Jeffrey with a oh. J, probably. Nope, Jeffrey with a G. Ooh. He's a G Jeff. G E L F F Jeff? Yep. Oh. How else would he? How else well, would it be a Jeff with a G? G E F F. I don't know. People spell shit weird. <laughs> oh, wait, I think <laughs> I think we talked about. We might have talked about this on Face, but I said if Jeff is J E F F and G E O F F, could you spell Jess J E S S and G E O S S? I saw you, you tweeted that yeah, this morning I, because I thought about it again. I'm like, this is the same thing. It's great. Uh, love this area. Flitch Coffee. Good stuff. I really like this. Hey, if you have a daughter and name her Jess G E O. SS, uh, uh, let us know. Yeah, please. Mar- please let us know. Marcelino Panivino is a great okay. uh, breakfast spot right over there. I feel like there's a um, there's like a little barbecue truck that just opened not too long ago, like right across the street from uh, Wyatt's. That's pretty cool. But you, no, go ahead. There used to be a bar on 7th Street called The Office. I don't think it's there it, anymore. It is. Oh, it's yeah. called um, Boss's Office now, I think. Okay. It's, it's just on the other side right here. Office Hours or Boss's Office or something like that. It's, you know, it's like... Oh, I'm going to the boss's office. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be like that, but it's like right here. There was also the library on Sixth. That's the bar yeah. we went to that I've seen the most blood in. Um, That's awesome. Out of any bar on really? Sixth Street. Yeah, yeah, I was there with you. We walked in one time, and remember there was like the staircase that went upstairs, and then uh, it kind of came down, and then uh, to the first floor, and then right there at the base of the first floor was just like a huge pool of oh, blood. Oh, yeah, awesome. like somebody yeah. fell down the stairs or something, oh, maybe. Yeah, or got stabbed, and all of their somebody, blood came somebody out. Somebody got stabbed down the stairs, maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, good time. Sixth Street. Good, good stuff. <laughs> We're pretty far away from that. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, you're not, nobody's going to stab you at Flitch Coffee. Uh, no, it's right next to... I don't know what it shares a lot with or whatever, but there's like a little warehouse that's connected sort of to it mm-hmm. right here, and there's a house on the backside. Great little spot. Jeff and I got the cold brew. 
Gus got the uh, iced Americano. I just went to ice. It's been too uh, brutally hot. I'm usually still uh, adamant, get a drip coffee. I've already had a cup of drip coffee this morning, so I a, decided to mix it up. It was 104 yesterday. I can't it was, imagine. and it's, it's supposed to be like 101 today. Yeah. But don't worry. Yeah. It feels like 118. Yay. Did you know, like, on Wednesday, it's supposed to be hotter here than, like, 99% of the world? Cool. Do you know about that? Cool. No. Cool, cool. It's like here... Up into like Oklahoma, the Persian Gulf, and like one other place, and that's like hotter than ninety nine point nine percent of the world or whatever. Very happy cool. we got to experience it. Can't wait. Uh, but what did you think about your coffees? I thought my iced americano was really excellent. This is uh, a top tier uh, americano based on what we've had. Uh, I would give this like eight and a half. Wow, nine point one. 9.1 on the cold brew. And, yeah. and typically, when you're getting a coffee, you're usually getting an iced coffee. Sometimes a cold brew if they don't have the iced coffee. Um, I got the cold brew as well. It's the most cold brew cold brew. It is. It tastes like it was brewed cold for time, and then they pour it on ice. It is cold brew. It's, it's some bear fuel. It is definitely for your bear brain. Uh, it's given an 8.5. I think it's, I think it's good, yeah, but it's I don't good. think it's doing anything better or worse than... You could do this at home. Mm. You could go to a place, and you could have this exact same cup of coffee. It's great. I find that most of the places we go to don't have that cup of coffee this good. Really? Well, that's why this got a 9.1 for me. That's, well, I mean, I a lot, of, a lot of sevens and eights out there in the world. Are you going to score them that way? I have. Give them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your scale's like IGN, dude. <laughs> You're giving 8.5 when you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Zelda. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, uh, this, is this coffee an advertiser? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This is kind of like the Kane and Lynch of coffees. <laughs> That's a very old, very funny yep. reference. Yeah. I yeah. saw a thing on TikTok that was a guy saying like, hey, did, or somebody saying like, hey, did you hear that... Uh, GameStop is going to sell used games again. Like, they're bringing back... They stopped? You can, yes. You, well, you they won't, like, buy, like, old, like, retro games or whatever, and they're starting to do it again. And immediately, it was a hard cut on the Stitch on TikTok, and it was a guy just on his phone going, and he has a Battletoads, and that's all I remember <laughs> nice. from being so young. <laughs> nice. And the best prank call was calling GameStop and saying, hey, you guys have Battletoads? Great. Fantastic. Way to go. 10 out of 10. <laughs> have you guys been to a GameStop in the last few years? No. Uh, yeah, I went... What was I trying to get not too long ago? Fuck, there was some game or something I was going to pick up, and I went in, and it was Funko Pop, the store. Yeah, yeah. But, like... That's you where have, I was going with you it. You have to walk up to the counter and go, do you have... Oh, I think I was trying to buy, like, a controller or something for uh, my so PS5. Submarine? Oh. Yeah, but I was trying to buy a Mad Cat's controller that I could operate a submarine with, and uh, they said we just sold the last one. And you're not going to like who we sold it to. <laughs> uh, it is Funko Pop the store. What? Yeah, I was really surprised by that. I hadn't been in one in many years, and yeah. I was uh, on. I was actually just looking for baseball cards. And mm -hmm. sometimes I, I've heard they sell them, mm -hmm. so I thought I'd hop in. Yeah. Did they have Pokemon, one cards? On like Anderson. Pokemon cards? And it was like, yeah, it was like, it was more like going into a Suncoast or even... I don't know, one of those stores at the mall that sells, like, Hello Kitty and also anime. Yeah. It was just, it wasn't good or bad or whatever. I was just surprised. Like, video games, are, expected, video yeah. games are a part of what they do, but they have a whole other, like, fandom section that really, I imagine, is where the money is do these days. Do you guys days. have Funko Land out here? Is, was yeah. that yeah. a thing? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. We had, like, one Funko Land in San Diego or whatever, and it was right by my work, and it was the best. The, was, the, the Funko Land in Sunset Valley is the one we yeah. used to always go to. It's a game oh, really? shop now. Yeah, it's still there. Uh, but, man, yeah, they would have the price sheet. 
yeah. that would yeah. come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. with yeah. all the different stuff. Yeah, I fucking love Funko Land, man. It w- like the guy, the, I think there was a guy named Jeff who worked there, and we would go all the time. He's just a cool dude, and he would be like, "Oh yeah, this game's coming out," but like, "Oh yeah, like this." I think the price is gonna go higher on this thing. He was just like. When I was 16, he was like the coolest dude in the world who got to work at a video game store that was rad. Yeah. And then it became a GameStop, and we stopped going. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what do you think that Jeff's doing now? <sighs> he probably works at GameStop, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the day the price sheet comes back. We all are. Yep. Uh, I never thought about that. What is he doing now? I try. I try to do that now that I'm older. If I think about like people that I thought were super cool when I was just a little bit younger than yep. they were, like how they ended up. There was... I can't draw the line to success for most people that I thought were cool. No. When I was a kid. No. Well, when I was probably 12, something like that, there was, at the end of our street where I grew up, there was a little strip mall. Really, really small. Little Italian, like, like pizza shop kind of thing. And then, like, a pawn shop. And then a place that sold, like, day-old bread. And then one store that always turned over. That was just something... Every time something was there, it closed down. It used to be a candy store, and then that closed down. Then there was something else, and it closed down, whatever. It became like a comics and stuff, toys and, and all that, whatever, run by three guys who, when I was 12, were maybe 32, maybe, yeah. but I thought they were the coolest older dudes, whatever. They had a Killer Instinct machine, and they Ooh. showed us like how to play Killer Instinct and all this stuff. Cool as shit. If... If I had to guess how long it lasted, it felt like it was open for three years. It was probably open for six months, maybe. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell if all three of those guys were dead. It would not be surprising to me. Did, were the, was there stuff like that where you're growing up where you're like, cool spot, can't ever imagine what these people are alive and doing? I mean, well, just, yeah, like my idea of cool, right? Like when I was 17 and I was about to go into the Army... All of my money went to the comic book store where I had like I had like thirty title thirty six I remember I had thirty six titles on monthly polls and so I was working at a I was working just to pay for comic books and the guy that worked there was like maybe thirty five and he owned a comic book store and I remember thinking how fucking cool he was and like that guy had it figured out he was like he was like where I wanted to go like what I wanted to be as a grown up and then I think about like. He always had this broken down. It was probably like a Corolla out front that was his beater uh-huh. that had like had like tape for all the rear room, uh, for all the lights, you yeah, know, like yeah. the red tape peeling off, and uh, windows that didn't roll down. And I that part, I, I always thought like, huh. You think you'd have a better car, but I never thought about it. Now I'm like, now as an oh, yeah. you look back at it and you're like, and that guy was just every day of yep. that guy's life yep. was struggle, yep. and every 17 year old kid who walked in thought he was like fucking Clark, like Superman, you know, like holy shit, this guy. Meanwhile, the guy's eating Denty more again for dinner out of a can, you know. I'll, I'll give you kind of a begging a, somebody buys Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. tomorrow so he can pay his rent. Yep. A different version of that story. Okay. So you know, I grew up in a really small town uh, out on the border, and uh, there weren't many stores or like there wasn't much to do there. Um, but when I was a kid, you know, obviously when we were kids, like Nintendo, NES, like that really took off and became a big deal. There was a guy who would go to the flea market. There was a flea market uh, every weekend. And he had like a little stall at the flea market, probably five by ten or something, right? Like a like, yeah. and all he would do is it was like a Funko Land. He would sell used video games, and if you had video games, you could sell them to him, and he would sell them back. This was not a dude who looked like he gave a shit about video games. <laughs> I think it was just a guy who who thought 
video games are popular. I'm going to make this my hey, business. Saw an opportunity. Right. And his stall became so popular at the flea market that he opened a brick and mortar. Oh, wow. uh, and he called it like Nintendo World or something. And even as a kid, I remember thinking, I don't think he can do that because <laughs> there was like a big painting of Mario and Sonic on his sign. You drove wow. me by it. Yeah. You drove me by it. Really? I saw yeah. it. Yeah. And that guy, like, like I said, I don't think he gave a shit about awesome. video games, but he was super successful at it. Yeah. I think he, he found that market before like Funko Land and everything. Like no one was out there. It was such a small, un- underserved not only city, but part of the country, <laughs> that he would just trade used video games and sell them. And I think he, that guy did really well, because that store was open forever. We, like, it was there when I was a little kid. I drove Jeff by there. Yeah. Like, decades later. We were in like, our early 20s. That dude discovered, like, I, I bet that guy never played a video game in his no, life. No, That's awesome. But he was like, he found his thing, and he fucking made it. Yeah. Wow. Um, in the middle of nowhere. What do you think Fuck. he's doing now? Uh, that, that dude was, was older. He's probably... He's, he's probably no longer with us. That guy, that guy was older. Well, that was I was kind of like I was always surprised when we would go, uh, especially when we were doing ad agency work, right? And we would go to developers, and we would end up like hooking up with a developer. They would give us a developer who could under who could do some minor coding yeah. for us on a dev build of a game or whatever. And you would invariably get to talking to that dude or lady, and you would find out that nobody who works in the video games industry, maybe it's different now played video games mm-hmm. or even liked video games. It was just a day job to most of those dudes. And they'd be like, I was this, or I could code the Sony Vega software. Like, yeah. this is, like, I, 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 this is the lot I drew in life. And, like, I was always surprised. Like, I would think, like, well, especially when you grow up a video game fan, you're like, I'm going to make video games someday. Yeah. They're yeah. living the dream. And then you realize that nobody, <laughs> nobody who's doing it for a living <laughs> is enjoying the medium. Were, were you with or me? Or very few. Yep. Did, did you ever go to Orlando to work on a Madden commercial at Tiburon? That was you and Joel. Okay. One time I was walking through the lobby of Tiburon um, out there working on a Madden commercial. And, um, like, walking the other direction was an EA employee. And I recognized her. And I was like, hey, like, we went to math camp together, like, when we were in high school. And she was like, oh, yeah. And then we talked for a bit. And I was like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I work work, uh, on, you know, video games here. Uh, I said, what do you do? She said, oh, I, uh, I write lighting shaders. I used to work at Pixar. I made, like, Pixar movies, and, like, I got poached to make lighting shaders for, for Madden games. So, like, yeah. it's like, like you're talking about. It's, like, wow. not necessarily a, a gamer or anyone who, you know, who gave a shit about video games, just someone who, like, had a very specific technical knowledge yeah. about the technology and the way that it worked and, you know, was there to make lights. Yeah, it's like I, the the reference I made was a real one. I had a neighbor who in Austin who was we were real good friends. His we were like couples friends, you know, uh, my ex wife and and then th- their uh, those guys. And they ended up leaving town to chase a new job. But he worked in the video game industry. He'd worked in it for fifteen years when I met him. And I would invite him over to play games. And he's like, at one point, he's like, I just gotta be honest with you, man. I don't really play games. I don't really. I'm not really, not really my thing. And then he left to go code Sony Vegas software. Oh like that's God. literally what he did. Wow. He, he went to another city, and he was like, Yeah, I just gotta get out of games. I'm just wow. so sick of it. And, and uh, yeah, and most of the people I met through him, and most of the people I've met through our career, it's t- it's changing now. Yeah, and it has changed now with the rise of indie developers. But back in the old days, man. Yeah, they just had technical knowledge just, on how just to do technical this stuff. knowledge. Yeah. yeah, it was just the, it was just the best people at the job doing the job. It wasn't yeah. necessarily the biggest fans of the thing they were working on. But that's, 
That's jobs. That's jobs. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. Jobs. It's a. Uh, you thing. just have this idealized idea in your head as yeah, a kid. Yeah, and know? it's it's definitely a thing. I think about it in terms of sports, where, like, when athletes get into a fight or people like don't get along on a team or whatever, and you go like, "Wow, how could they function like this?" And it's like, could you imagine getting along with every single person you work with mm-hmm. every day? Yeah. No fucking way. I can barely do this once a week. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it in terms of basketball because you hear this a lot, especially if you watch uh, hours and hours and hours and hours of basketball content a day. Uh, you'll hear guys like Jalen Rose talk about this all the time or, or like Kendrick Perkins or a Scalabrini or whoever, and they're like, most NBA players don't really like basketball. Nope. Mo- most big NBA players, like dudes 6'10 and above, mm-hmm. don't really – they just fit a mold yep. and they, yeah. it's easy money. Yeah. And they do it, but they have no passion for it and no heart for it. And apparently that's a lot more prevalent in professional sports than you would yep. realize. Oh, I don't doubt it. Well, I, I assume – I, I would assume that's the case because how yeah. much work does it take and how many hours and how many years Relentless. do you dedicate to that? And it's yeah. like, it, it, it can't be fun anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's when I talk to pro wrestlers, they don't want to talk about pro wrestling. They want to talk about the NBA. Yeah. They want to they want to talk about else. yeah. They want to talk about how the Lakers are looking and Wemby getting drafted and all like this other stuff. And you go, okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah, we won't talk about wrestling. Guys, that's did you great. see that Wemby did the most responsible thing in the world today? What's that? He backed out of. Uh, and, and I apologize if you're French and this upsets you, but he backed out of uh, playing on the French national team. Oh wow, really? Because he to focus on his rookie season and getting healthy. That's huge. And, yeah, that's that's bear-brained. Like, dude, well, dude's because a, dude's straight up bear. He's crazy, bro. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll end up like a Chet Holmgren or a Danilo Gallinari. And you, you don't want to be a Danilo Gallinari. No, not at all. Yes. Bird, he's a bird brain. He's a bird brain. Wimby's a bear brain. <laughs> uh, I hope Wimby's a bear brain, and yeah. I hope he gets oh. traded to a decent team. You what want, do you mean? You don't want to see the Spurs rebuild no, around him? The they are going yeah, to the re, they're going to rebuild and they're going to play eight they, games they, in Austin and we're going to The only all thing of them. I like about we're the Spurs going all the of them. Only thing I like about the Spurs is Nick Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the Spurs and I like him. Not Andrew Rosas? No. Ooh, <laughs> ouch. Ouch. I like Andrew Rosas fine, but I don't I don't put him in the same category as a Nick Schwartz. That's <laughs> so funny. Uh well, we're we're wrapping up here, but we need uh an uh, Anma NFT. Is there anything that you guys jumps out to Dude, you. Dude, Marcelino Panavino. Go get okay. breakfast tacos there. Get the spicy potatoes. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of tropical. I would say that's kind, NFT-ish. Kind of tropical is what I would recommend. I don't know that we'll... Maybe someday that we'll find a reason to do one, an episode there. I, I think they have a burger. They probably have coffee or a burger or something. Yeah. Well, they don't open until like 11, so... Yeah. They can um, do like a lunchy thing. There's a bar on Weberville called the Cavalier. Mm-hmm. They, I think they don't open until 3. It's across the street from Fleet where we went. That's oh, a yeah, real, yeah. It's yep. real close. That's a real good spot. Real good people own that. Really nice people own it. But mm-hmm. also that's where they have the famous French fries that Gus yep. and I used to get from Shaggy's. The, the, the famous French fries. So if you're over here and it's past 3 p.m., go get some of those fries. Yep. How do you how do you feel about those NFTs? I think they're, they're, they're good. I'm trying to see if there's anything I can contribute to the list right now. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I'll give you kind of an, an obscure NFT. Okay. Uh, this is this is uh, the there's a there's a small Mexican restaurant on Burnett, close to where Pacha used to be. Okay. Called Cocina de Consuelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's excellent place. It's been there for years. Uh, sadly, Consuelo just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Oh wow! Uh, but it's still like family run. Her family's continuing to run it. Uh, that place never gets mentioned on like any. I've never heard of it. Right. This is true. Yeah, NFT. this is yeah. This is this is that place is excellent. It's really good. Okay. Really? I think it's right, literally right next door to where Pacha used to be. Okay, yeah. I, I, like over by Hollywood Feed and all. Yeah, that just stuff. south of there. Okay, okay. all yeah. right, really good. Good spots. Hell yeah, those are good NFTs. See, Thanks, this Gus. is the point of the show. Uh, but the last point of the show is an anarchy me anything. 
and this was sent in by Banshee. Uh, was there something you learned for Rooster Teeth that you were like, well, I'll never have to do this again, versus was there something you learned that you were proud of or glad that you learned? But I guess just sort of break it into two. Was there anything that you did for Rooster Teeth and you're like, well, one and done, uh, never doing that shit again? Uh, of uh, Yeah, running a store, um, <laughs> helping Gus run events. Oh. Uh, editing. I hope yeah. to, uh, like, video editing. Mm-hmm. Video editing. I think uh, it's kind of cathartic. It, it's it, it's fine in very small yeah, doses. Yeah, I've yeah. been doing some audio editing, and I've been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, editing my own stuff lately. Um, but even that, it's like, you're like, oh, yeah. There's people that are so much better at this and so much faster yep. at yeah, this than the, me. Yep. For me, it would be like, I already had, like, an IT background before we started, but, like, learning the nitty-gritty of, like, mm. load balancers and, yeah. uh, like, Writing like package deployment scripts in Linux, like I, if you put mm. me in front of a Linux prompt, I, I, I'm lost again. I don't remember any of that stuff. Uh, but like all of that shit, I had to learn in the early days. I have a, I have another one. Okay. Put it in the in the realm of things that I was good at that I hope I never have to do again. RFPs. Oh, oh dude. Yeah, yeah. Those are requests for proposal where a company will say, "Hey, we have this thing, this brand, this new product, and X amount of dollars." I'll give you a great example. The mm-hmm. State Farm uh, Gamerhood thing yeah. that we do, that came in as an RFP. Mm-hmm. It went out to probably 50 different entities, yep. and then everybody submitted a pitch. Yep. And then the pitch that they like the best is the pitch that then gets made. Yep. For us, it, it, Rooster Teeth won that pitch, I guess. Yep. And mm-hmm. so we did that Gamerhood thing, and we're doing a season two. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, and the reason you hate it, I'm sure, is you end up pitching a lot of things, having to develop a lot of ideas, and they don't go anywhere. Yes. It's like, oh, it's, you. It's yeah. definitely a lot of that. I yeah. would say for. I would say realistically, for like every 10 pitches I'm a part of, half of one gets made. Yeah, that yeah. Is, that's true. <laughs> so and I that's, guess like one in every 20. And that's not, and, uh, pulling back the curtain here, that's not, that's, a, that's not a bad number. No. That's how these things operate. Right. They put these things out to everyone. Yeah. And if we have something that's strong, we throw it back and go, we could do this. And when you see that stuff... That means we had the we had the pitch that was most in the alley of what they were going for. Right. When you hear like, oh wow, they did twenty and they only got half of one. Yeah, man, that we could have gotten a hundred and gotten zero. Yeah. Our batting average isn't bad. Right. This is how RFPs work because Coca Cola doesn't just approach Rooster Teeth. Right. Coca Cola goes to everyone. There's stuff for Warner Brothers, our parent company that we've done, that was like. We had uh, post shows for like post post show yeah. podcasts right. mm-hmm. that we had RFPs for, even though we're in the Warner family, and we're like, well, here's what we can do, here's what we're capable. Still got to win out, and you ha- and they they get submissions from everyone, and they go, oh yeah, we do want you to do the peacemaker yeah. post show. Yeah, yeah, can you do that? And it's like, oh great, yeah, we won that RFP. I don't think people understand how much work that process is. Nope. Like I'm thinking of there was a, a period in time, maybe like 2016, 2017, where Achievement Hunter made content. For Ubisoft's yep. oh, yeah, channel, yeah. Mm-hmm. we made content for us and through for their channel, and it was like a combined thing. Yeah, I went to say, and I'm like Gus and I are the guys that they drag out to tell the history of Rooster Teeth yep. and to put a little like pizzazz on a pitch and that kind of thing. We yep. can go up and we can tell a story. We can be affable. Yeah. We're, we're likable, mm-hmm. you know, in those moments in those rooms. I probably went to San Francisco. And we become the very best friend of the oh, sales team, yeah, yeah. you know, uh-huh. for that stuff. I probably went to San Francisco for that production we did 
six times mm-hmm. before that started, just to go to Ubisoft offices and glad go hand. meetings, yeah, and go glad, glad hand, hand and pitch yep. and go yep. out to dinner and like it is people. I don't think people understand how much work goes in before you even get to a show like the Gamerhood. Yeah, the, the amount of effort and work and yep. time mm-hmm. and hours that go in before you even get to the point where then you have to produce the goddamn thing, yeah. which is its own set of nightmares. It's like it's people just never see that. Yeah, but. I have my own ideas about how to run this company, and I work at Payless Shoes. <laughs> it is, there's so much behind-the-scenes stuff, and RFPs are a thing that, boy, you just never, you can give a million ideas, and you go, man, I really racked my brain for these. And you go, in four months, you go, we ever hear back from those? And they go, oh, yeah, they passed. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. go, That sucks. It's like, you might get excited yeah. about something. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to make this. No. The nice thing about it is, though, I, I guess the the glasses half full side of it is is that those ideas don't die no i had a lot of ideas that ended up becoming other rooster teeth content mm-hmm. that i made started in rfp for yeah. something else the, and then you're like well the idea is too good i'm gonna hold on to it i'll figure out another way to put i'll figure out another place to put that puzzle yeah. piece in face jam's road trip yeah was yeah. uh rfp that was uh, working with voodoo they were super into like well you know what can we do hey we're approaching people whatever and we're like let us drive a van. Let us drive a van and go. It's already a thing. Let us drive a van to Colorado. It'll be a whole road trip. And they mm-hmm. went, great. And it's like, oh, that's cool. I did a show called Seven Wonderings. Oh, yeah. That's right. yeah. Literally, literally, sales came to me and said, hey, Facebook wants to make like four shows with us. What do you got? And I mm-hmm. go, I got nothing. What's the budget? And they go, we can spend X amount of money. What can you do? And then you go, okay, give me 15 minutes. And you go, and you come back in an hour. Yeah. Because uh, uh, you big dick them on the extra 45 minutes. And uh, that's bear brand right there. And you come back around and you go, here's 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 the show idea. And you, you give them like the basis of seven yep. wonderings. And they go, okay. And then you go back and forth and back and forth. And then the next thing you know, it's made. Yep. And it's cool. Happens. It Sometimes. happens really slow until it happens really fast. Yeah. yeah. And that's I'm, how the sausage gets made. Uh huh. Welcome to Sausage Talk. And that is uh, a glad different we don't, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do a lot of RFP stuff right now no. uh, for especially for like this show the best thing you can do mm-hmm. is uh name your podcast something that sales doesn't want anything to do with like yep. face and then you don't have to do any more rfp <laughs> there you go uh fucking anma is what we should call this one fucking mm-hmm. anma uh well if you like this thank you for listening you made it this far i believe we're on a two-week break but if you don't want to wait that long for a new episode of this show you can come to RTX Ooh. this weekend by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. This coming weekend, July 7th to 9th. July, I'll never forget. You got Ooh, it now. It. Yeah. Um we'll be there. Saturday we'll be doing our live show. I saw that on the schedule. Yeah. So we'll you be You saw doing, a schedule? I saw part of a schedule with my name on it. I'd like to see a schedule. Gus okay. and I are going to be emceeing the opening night, uh, first night. He's we're pretty excited about that. He's pretty excited. He just found out in the I car the way. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I wish I was recording that because Gus's eyes darted Appar- left and right and left Apparently again. Apparently there were some emails that <laughs> I never got for some reason. Um until he searched for them and saw them in his inbox. So come through, come to RTX, rtxaustin.com. Uh you can see this is a live show. Have some coffee with us, hang out. Uh, chitter chat, have some fun. Uh, we'll also be doing a break show. We'll be oh, doing yeah. Face Jam Live. All of that's happening on Saturday. Very, very busy day for me. You doing that dunk tank thing? Yeah. Me too, I think. There you go. Um, but you can follow us at Anima Podcast uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, r slash Anima Podcast uh, on Reddit. Uh, and that kind of does it for us. We're on a, a couple week hiatus. There should be some supplemental content for myself and Jeff. Yeah. Woo. Non-canon events. Uh, that will be happening. Uh, anything, any wise words for these folks as we bid them adieu? Stay cool. Keep that bare brain nice and chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Bears stay inside when it's too hot outside. Everyone knows that. <laughs>